Welcome back to the Mandarin Blueprint Podcast. This week we did two podcasts. Uh, the other is an interview with Charlie Mosley from ChengduLiving.com. He's been here longer than us and has a quite a storied history with living in Chengdu. And uh, that was an interesting podcast. We talked to him about his story here as well as uh, some of the responses that we got to our posting the Mandarin Blueprint Method on Reddit and Chinese forums, which was kind of fun to explore. And today we're going to talk more about the emails and questions that came in. And so uh, we'll get right to it. So first email. Yeah, well, this one we actually received very recently, like an hour ago, less than an hour ago from Chad. And we just wanted to put it at the top of the list here. And yeah, this is it. really cool. It's, uh, yeah, it's one of these just awesome, uh, unique emails. So hey, guys, I just wanted to share this with you. I spent some time a few weeks ago watching Ron White's YouTube channel and learning more about memory palaces. There were some other sites that showed different sketches that people did of theirs, of their own memory palaces uh, as well that I looked at. So just a, an aside here. So for those that don't understand the, or aren't familiar with our methods, we use memory palaces, uh, 13 in total with our method that apply to the various finals in Chinese. Now I know there's like more than 30 finals in Chinese technically, but we've uh, reorganized, the system reorganizes the the way we do it, so only 13. Um, and as a way of doing that, Ch uh, Chad has sort of done it. Oh, let's, let's keep reading, we'll see. I decided that it might be a good idea to organize my Chinese sets to better visualize them in my mind. So I came up with the Wrestler Hansa Movie, Method, uh, Movie Production Company, where all movie sets are located. So Wrestler's his second name, so he sort of invented his own uh, <laughs> thing here, I like that. My fiance made this with her Cree cut. I'm not really sure what that is, um, but it's something to do with arts and craft. She has a crafting side business, but I get stuff for free. All the sets are alphabetical by Chinese final with my childhood home being on its own. We sort of treat that as a separate place in a way. We place certain markers like trees I remembered or where the lawn was located. My father-in-law raises chickens, so on the set there is a rooster on the house. I spend time each day just looking at it and visualizing those sets in my mind so they aren't hazy. And I can picture myself sort of walking into each set. I have it out while I'm learning characters as well to prompt my mind to recall more details. Thought you might enjoy it, so I wanted to share it with you. So we put the picture of it down there uh, for you guys to check out. It's, <laughs> it's a really cool thing, and we might actually start thinking about ways that we could incorporate this sort of visual representation yeah. into our course actually just looking at this maybe even some sort of uh, template we could come up with where people can add in their own homes and their own sure. uh, yeah. little characteristics uh, just so, to make it more fun 100% so this is an expansion on what we do because mm. we just said okay once you have your 13 places just put yourself in your mind in that place and that works so like if you're already doing that no problem but what Chad has done here is kind of put them all in the same you know, I guess if you can imagine an empty field, he like draws a road in the empty field and places those locations from his past mm. on the road. And, you know, it immediately reminded me of the movie Inception. Yeah. Uh, so for those of you who've seen it, it's not a uh, plot spoiler. There's a point in the movie where they're in like the dream space and uh, they are observing uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character and his uh, um, late wife's sort of explorations of that place and they had a road where it was like okay here was the house we lived in when we were um you know married and then here was her childhood home and like it was sort of all these different spots along it and of course the environment around wasn't the actual environment of you know her his late wife's childhood home it was their new environment so mm. you could actually do that and you can just make your own borders however you want so yeah. i've never thought about having a part like there's a little road in the image here i never thought about having a path that connects mm. all the different places together and it's like they're all, it's, it's it's a very cool idea that we're going to explore a little bit further i think and see if we can apply it to the general clientele that we have so that's great yeah it's one of those things where it's like it's not necessary in the sense that if you don't do it you'll still be able to memorize mm. characters but it I love everything about the way that it it's you're thinking about it because you're basically creating actually one overall memory mm. palace, which is kind of more to the point. Usually what I always thought when we would say we have memory palaces, I'd be like, yeah, that's true, but it doesn't really feel like a newly constructed thing. But this is kind of like that. So uh, well done, Chad. That's this, awesome. This sort of thing makes me excited about what there is in the future for us as well regarding this course because – what we sort of, uh, you know, we've built the method based on like st stitching together 
other things that we thought needed to improve, we, we could improve upon. Mm -hmm. We've added our own things to it. And now we're gonna share this with the world. And of course, people that are much smarter than us or much more creative or just have their own unique stories to tell yeah. or unique spin on things will be able to add their own stuff to it. We've already had, just in the years that we've been teaching it and you know, in the, in the, the recent months that we've released it, we've had so many cool people mm -hmm. give us suggestions that we've already incorporated into the course. Right, right. Um, so I'm, this, this is another example of that sort of thing. And I, I'm just excited to see what else, cause, and, and the way these sort of memory palaces and memory techniques work, whether it's for learning the characters or for learning words quickly or for who, who knows, acquiring grammar and whatnot, it just makes me excited about what, what, what we're gonna be doing in like a couple of years time, you know, what sort yeah. of ideas that people will throw at us. Um, yeah, I so remember when we were making this, I said to you, like, I don't know, maybe six months or eight months ago, I said, you know, it'd be so it'll be so cool when the comments under each video include several suggestions from people. Mm. Uh, and, you know, even just today, we have like about seven casting call suggestions and, and yeah. eight prop suggestions, which just means that it really is a living course now. And that's like, like, mm. it's so cool to think that we just thought of that as like, oh, that'd be cool when that happens. And now it's really happening. So that's really, really awesome. Thanks, Chad. Yeah, cheers. All right, this is uh, Ryan from the email. This is more of a technical thing, but it's like worth telling you guys about. So mm. uh, Ryan says, the RSS feed for the podcast seems to lag behind the YouTube playlist uh, by at least four days. Do you think it's possible to speed that up so I can listen to the responses you post sooner? And uh, so the reason for this is that we always want to post the podcast about, you know, we don't want to post it immediately because maybe we discovered that there was an issue or there might be something that we want to uh, clarify or change. So we, we like the idea of having a little bit of a lag time, but our solution to this in the, in the previous, our, our like previous thinking of the solution was that our video editor, as soon as she's ready with the video and she's taken note of where all the questions are in the podcast, she'll upload the YouTube video unlisted and then respond to the comments in the course of the exact moment in the video when we responded to that comment. Mm -hmm. uh, so that way, if the comment was left in the course, you'll get a response as soon as it's ready. But the problem is that we haven't really systemized that enough for the emails. So if you send an email and, and you know, uh, we should do a better job of that because it's just that our video editor doesn't have access to the uh, our actual email server. So that's kind of our not being we're, we're we've been a little bit too tushin about that. Which if you don't know that word, it means like kind of thick hearted or thick thought. It's a kind of an interesting word. It basically means careless. Just a little bit too uh, not focused on the uh, the user experience there. So we'll we'll fix that up. We'll make sure that the emails also get mm. that feedback right away to the YouTube video. Yeah. Uh, but next one here is uh, from Devin Chen, who left a very nice uh, comment for us on Reddit and... Yeah, he also sent this to our email. Chinese forms and, oh, and email. Yeah. Um, and so just the context here, yeah. there were some people who were skeptical of the reality of people who were sending us these, uh, sending us uh, We already addressed good. that whole thing yesterday in the, yeah. or in the other um, podcast with Charlie there. You know, we didn't realize... Uh, the, the the sort of faux pas we were making there, but yeah, yeah. It, obviously it didn't look real because all these wonderful people from our course were just making Reddit accounts with yeah. no history yeah. and saying and and also po pasting the same response onto Chinese forums and people you know thought we were messing around. Um, yeah, yeah, it's one of those there. things like oh, just our naivete. But yeah. yeah, anyway, so Devin, but we still want to share these because these are quite uh, interesting to to read. Some of them are genuinely. For me, very quite moving as well. Um, and, yeah, but we've already covered that yesterday. So okay, so let's, let's check again. it out. So, I recently decided to purchase a lifetime subscription to Mandarin Blueprint. Why did I do so? Why should you believe me? As a subscriber, I got an email asking to leave a comment about the product. Luke and Phil did not solicit a positive review; simply a comment. I'm here to share my experience just in case someone else can benefit from exactly. it. Exactly. That's what we were hoping, just to be clear. <laughs> like, that's what we wanted. We were like, hey, maybe other people, because we we're like so Tianjin about the whole thing, which means naive and sort of like, just like, oh, other people will love this. And then we went into Reddit and they were like, we hate you. Anyway, so um, <laughs> it, but so that's, a, that's the point, though. Maybe other people will benefit from it. Anyway, go on. I have no affiliation with Luke and Phil except as a customer of their product. If you read on, you'll just have to take my word for it, but for especially beginners, you might just end up learning something. My Chinese journey story, colon, my folks came from China originally, but like many overseas Chinese, I've lost touch with culture, language of the motherland. 
I've had the pleasure of taking classes for one year in my local Californian city. It's been a blast. My instructor's methodology is to take a deep dive into the language. The result is that even though I still struggle to have even the slightest, uh, sorry, the simplest of conversations, even Google Translate in enough time, even with Google Translate in enough time, I can generate a reasonably correct bah sentence, it's like a type of, type of uh, grammar uh, structure yeah. there. Even a bay, uh, like a passive and active sentence. Sure. At this point, I've covered up to 300 characters. I have the following problems. Number one, my pronunciation sucks big time. That's a very common one. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a royal pain. Number two, it's a royal pain trying to remember the 300 characters with non-immersive language exposure such as mine. Number three, my time is limited. I've tried several language apps to help with these problems, but having come across Mandarin Blueprint, I really, really, in capital letters, <laughs> like Luke and Phil's methodology. Whenever I'm, I'm struggling to remember characters for my next quiz, I keep saying to myself, there's got to be a better way. And I believe I've found the better way with their approach. I mm. have a scientific background by training in Mandarin Blueprint's science-based methodology for associative-based memory storage and retrieval is intuitively appealing. The pronunciation course is one of the best I've come across. Thanks very much. Um, if I were to fault it, it would be simply request more practice and test exercises for tones, for example, say 40 to 60 per shot as done by a different organization. I didn't quite get that last bit. What does that mean? Yeah, I'm not sure. It says uh, exercise for tones, say 40 to 50 per shot. I think maybe what he's saying is to add 40 to 50 per. Like, not exactly what he means by shot. Like maybe he means 40 to 50 per. Video? Per or, concept maybe. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what he means. But, but he's just basically but saying a, add more tests. This practice. is an absolutely um, justified uh, criticism of the pronunciation mastery you know it says it doesn't have that much testing in it and obviously yeah. we can't give feedback because it's a video course and yeah there yeah, are there are there 35 are, quizzes within it but maybe he's maybe you know there's some other things that we would need to do but i will say sure. this just briefly is that if you have any pronunciation that you want us to correct take a little video with your phone send us something that you've you've done and we'll talk about it on the podcast like oh, just, and also just, the, the, the 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 private facebook group that we have uh, you get an email when you sign up to any of our courses, inviting you to that, um, we can. Uh, if you add us to that, and you can also, we can have a little private discussion within that group as well. Yeah, yeah. You can, we had a gentleman uh, post a couple of videos in there with his pronunciation. We'll help him out. Sure. Uh, but direct messages is fine as well. I am one third of the way through the language course, uh, and will soon start actual Mandarin Blueprint course, the Mandarin Blueprint method. Mm. But I am optimistic and confident this path offers me a way out of rote memorization hell. I hope someone out there finds this helpful. Well, I'm sure they would. Um, there's a lot of information in there. Thanks a lot, Dev. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, the thing that uh, I think he's he's getting at the point that was precisely the thing that we, you know, uh, were focused on, which was if the problem with Mandarin learning is not that grammar is difficult or that, um, you know, the, the language is not logical. It's that the foundational structure of the language is really hard to learn and the methods for it at the moment are not very good they're usually rote memorization or in many cases simply skipping it entirely and going right to words and sentences mm. and hoping that people can kind of deconstruct it down which is part of why i speculate that the reason why so few people succeed is it's only like really smart people who succeed because they have a better ability to deconstruct like a word that has two characters they or don't really know. diligent. And yeah, diligent is also the case, but diligence that requires 10 years or something like that, right? It's like, you know, it's a, it's not a good method. Whereas if you can get a good method for those foundational materials, then when you get to those super logical words and grammar structures, you go, oh, well, this is easy. And so that's the whole the whole point there. Time, rote learning is, is an absolute waste of time, so. Yeah. Uh, well, we can jump into this make a movie. Sure, sure. Uh, got another one by... Chad on character 69, Fu, as in Fu Tian, like to pay. Uh, the location is the backyard, fourth tone, of course, so it's in the backyard of his childhood home, and that'd be the set. And the actor is Feng Yu, Yu Sao. Uh, Chad likes to use uh, kung fu movie actors, characters, uh, yeah. movie characters for his, um, for his fictional group and props as in the the 3d objects or people or animals whatever that represent the components will be chuck norris representing the male component and the wheel width caliper now this is a specific thing to his expertise 
Um, it's a specific tool that he, he has used. But, it, but admittedly, this prop, this component does kind of look like it. It looks like that mm -hmm. measuring tool. I, at first, I didn't know what it was when he first said it, but now looking at it, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay. I'm in the backyard of my childhood home running an illegal gambling operation. Good start. Mm -hmm. On the side of the garage, I have a giant odds chart with pays written above it. Chuck Norris is set to square off against Feng Yusao. Feng Yusao stands facing uh, Norris holding a wheel with caliper up to him and says that he can defeat him using only that as a weapon. All of the betters suddenly start putting them, or betters, as in oh, yeah, betters, yeah. like yeah. betting people, uh, start putting their money on Feng Yusao. Norris looks at my chart, sees he's no longer the favorite, gives me a $100 bet on himself, and defeats Feng Yusao with a single roundhouse <laughs> kick. We look up, of course he does. Uh, we look up at the chart, and under pays, we see that Norris has won $100,000. So yeah. you've got the idea of fool there, you've got the props. Um, the fact that you've added like <laughs> pays and 100 like specific numbers and stuff, that stuff is very written and images and, and words and even digits don't tend to be remembered that well. But I love that you did it anyway, because it adds a flavor and yeah. a context that's very specific to the scene. So you're, you're very likely or most people would be very likely to forget those specific numbers. Uh, and the actual what's written on the chalkboard mm. and stuff like that. But, but the numbers aren't the meaning. So the numbers okay. don't. Yes, that's not the that's not the point. Uh, the point is the paying, and uh, it's it's awesome as usual from Chad. That's another. So what I like about this is that this is only character number sixty nine. So that means that Chad has already mastered how to do this. You know, so that means that in the future he just quickly goes, okay, what are my props? Who's the actor? And he's of course with that new sort of uh, set that he's uh, his memory palace that has all of his sets in one place that he talked about earlier, he's going to easily be able to remember all of his sets. And so that part becomes quick. And I'm telling you, that's how it goes. Like you go to a new, get to a new character. And we used to figure it out without it being written down. And of course, in the Mandarin Blueprint method, it's all just written there for you. So, mm. you know, you can, you'll know immediately, okay, where am I? Who's there? What are the objects? And that, if that part gets done quickly, there's a little bit of, okay, what's my connection to the keyword and what will I think of here? But sometimes you'll get, you'll think of something instantly and then you just imagine a quick interaction and then the next thing you know, you've got a full scene in 30 seconds to a minute. Mm -hmm. And then if you review with Anki and you know, find out, oh, the scene was a little weak here because I forgot this element or maybe you never forget it ever, then you succeed in quickly getting a character down. And if you can do it that quickly, how many can you do a day? Can you do 15 a day? How about you've been doing it for uh, for a month? Can you now start doing 40, 50 a day? You know, it's definitely possible. 100% so, possible. We did it, like, you know, we're not especially smart guys, particularly, but yeah. we, we did it. <laughs> Uh, we did it without you know everything in front of us, so you can definitely do it. Right. And also, right. I would like to just another quick comment about this is that you know Chad is clearly not doing this for his own benefit. Now he's just doing it to share his stories with uh, the other, the rest of the community to help them because obviously he doesn't need to write them down. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, we recommend that even if you think that your story is not quote unquote as good as these or or whatnot, the, the our favorite scenes. To a lot, to a large degree, are the simplest ones. Like uh, mm. John from, who's actually in our course, actually John Sweeney. Mm. Uh, his 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 uh, stories were so A to B, straightforward. Mm -hmm. And you know, even if if you think you've got time or you can be bothered to just write one or two sentences that sum up your story, even if it's not as detailed as this, or you don't necessarily tell the location or the actors, or whatever, just see, if it, just share it with the community. If it's sure. working for you. Share it and please, as long as it's got no, nothing too naughty in there as yeah. well. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's great. And by the way, this is what's funny about this is that Chad is the one that people like who were on the Reddit Chinese forum situation were most skeptical of. They were like, "This guy is obviously not true." And it's like, <laughs> "Oh my gosh, he's, he's like completely genuine." The whole thing. Like, Chad, you yeah. like us too much. Yeah, you, yeah. Jado is this uh, Chinese name, and of course, Jado is is like Chad. It's a it's a trying to come up with a. Um, something that sounds phonetically similar to Chad. So it's like, it was pretty funny that they were most skeptical of him. Mm. Anyway. Mm. Next one is uh, from Daniel Leo Simpson um, on character number five. Gan, meaning dry, is the it's a word lesson. So mm. once we teach a, a character, if that character is also a word, so gan can be used sort of on its own, say dry or chair or whatever this the word mm. is, we have a separate lesson that points that out to you. And we give you a few sentences and stuff. And his comment is, hmm, not clear as to why the character is being taught as Gan with the first tone. And the example sentence, or one of the example sentences given, yeah, the is example. a fourth tone. 你在干什么? 
Oh, sorry. Ni ganshama gongzona. That's in what what work do you do? So this is an example of a what we call a uh yin zi, uh sorry, sorry, uh which is a literally multiple tone uh characters. And mm. it makes up I heard a stat, I'm not sure if this is hundred percent correct, I heard it it makes up about twenty percent of common characters that you need to learn there's an alternative pronunciation alternative, or two or three yeah like they have different tones or sometimes they'll have a completely different pronunciation like mm. you know, the initial the final is all different right. and when that happens that means that the meaning is going is almost definitely going to be very different right uh or you know somewhat different now we were a sort of a crossroads about this when we first uh, started devising this system and putting it all together we were like well we we don't really, because when we learned it, we didn't bother learning every single different pronunciation. If there's a character that's a doyinzi, a multiple tone character, we didn't bother learning all the different tones. We just learned the most common or what seemed like the most common or the most useful one. And then naturally through exposure, we understood the other different pronunciations and what yeah. their usages are and, and meanings easy are. To do that, yeah. yeah, so this, Think of this method, the, the hands and moving method, the character learning thing. You're just building your base understanding of a character. Uh, there's no need to spend extra time because some characters have, what, three, four, yeah. five different pronunciations. I'm not sure what the most is, but some of them have a lot. And there's no way that all these these different pronunciations are as common in terms of usage right. and how useful they are. So we've just chosen what we think is the most useful one, and you're going to learn use the hands and moving method to, to learn it in that particular tone um but they will there will be a lot of times when it's it has a different pronunciation and another way you can think of it is like this so if there's 20 percent of all characters that have an alternate pronunciation amongst that 20 percent only a small percentage is the alternate pronunciation also frequent right now in this case it happens to be that character number five is this situation where there's two pronunciations, both of which th are very frequent? It yeah. happens a few other times. Like you another, could argue even that Gan, the fourth term, is maybe more common. Yeah, it's, 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 tough. This, it's funny that it happened this way because the reason it's character number five is because it's such a simple character. It's just mm. the number 10 with the number one on top of it, or the number two with the stick. It depends on how you think of it. But basically, it's a simple character from a component perspective. And it just happens to be that it has this these two pronunciations. But here's the point. When you learn the first one with the first tone, you've learned the components, mm -hmm. you've learned a very important meaning, you've learned uh, the pinion initial, the pinion final, and um, the idea that you cannot from that point easily learn an alternative is not true. Like you don't have to learn it all at once, nor should you, because that's overwhelming your mm. beginner's mind. What you should be doing at the beginning is getting a basis. And then later when you see it in context, when you know many more characters, you know many more words and you realize, oh, here it's an alternative meaning. My experience of it the entire time was just like, oh, so you can use it that way as well. And I don't have to relearn it. I don't have to mm. do a whole new memory palace scene for it. Yeah. It's because at that point you're, you're more advanced and you can learn in other ways. The beginning there's only so many things you can do to learn when you get further along there's way more potential connections you'll get but that speaks to like how we sort of our philosophy of learning or what we've come to learn about learning how learning works you build on what you already know mm -hmm. so you have to have that foundation first and then you can then you can build up on it we, we use the same concept when it applies to words and, yeah. and even and grammar we're really like trying to uh, work out how to introduce different grammar concepts or different sentences and sure. what order to do that in but um, yeah, it's and uh, you know it's a, a little bit of insight into my thinking about this, and I'm sure that you've you've thought this a lot too. Is that there's this part of me that goes, no, show everything about it, yeah. so that if somebody who knows Chinese is criticizing us, then we can say, oh, but we did do everything. But that's not empathetic to a be beginner learner. That would be us being insecure about how people interpret our course. It's like, no, you're going to see again plenty of times in the future. We don't need to teach it right mm -hmm. now. So instead of overwhelming you, the beginner, with this extra information that isn't necessary to learn right now, we'll introduce it to you later like you know we for example we'll teach the third tone tone sandy rule mm. um with just two third tones in the pronunciation mastery and then later we'll say okay what about if you have four to fourth tones in a row or, or four third tones in a row or three third tones in a row as opposed to just being like learn everything right now and overwhelm you it's like just give you the main thing you can understand and then move on mm. so cool uh, I'll just read this another one by uh Daniel here. yeah this was interesting this is yeah, yeah. this uh is going to speak to a lot of 
people just starting with the course. Mm. I think this um, maybe this is working because I just paused the video and just from what I've learned already thought, shoo, SHU with a fourth tone. Well, that's bathroom. So I saw Gandalf or Moses in, in his mind, uh, his staff plunging down the toilet, but it had a shoe on top of the staff forcing in the toilet like a plunger instead of the shoe. Uh, oh like yeah, this. so he's doing a pronunciation yeah. mnemonic. By the way, this yeah. is a uh, a comment on the care on the video about stroke order and mm. like strokes in general. It's like an introduction video to stroke order. So mm -hmm. continue. Uh, so I, instead of the shoe, I guess it should have been the sh actor, but shoe just seemed to come into my head. Mm. And then I saw hung h e n g with a second tone. Well, that's the kitchen because the second tone, which made me think of a Rodney Dangerfield I'd just seen on YouTube. I guess that's YouTube tonight. She cooks so bad, the roaches in the kitchen hung themselves. <laughs> uh, wow. So I saw a horizontal row of roaches hung. That's what hung can mean um, there. Uh, and then pier with a third tone, P-I-E. Well, that's my bedroom. And pier, pier P-I-E, is pronounced like pierda in uh, foot in Italian and oh. pier in Spanish. And it does indeed look a bit like a foot so i imagine myself kicking the bottom of my dresser repeatedly with my foot i can <laughs> see i can easily remember all three right now the name the character the tone no problem i st simply stopped there because i wanted to get on with the video and i know i'm not doing it correctly because i'm not using actors for the pinion shoe hung foot etc but it does show that instinctively i started moving with associations even though i have only a limited amount of material from the course already at this early stage Promising, very promising. So this is mm. so interesting to read because overall, I love that Daniel's doing this, right? Because mm. what he's essentially getting across here is that, uh, you know, um, he's already trying to think in this way. But I get, I can tell you also, Daniel is definitely a super analytical guy for sure. He seems like he's probably quite um, a go-getter in the sense that he wants to figure things out in his own, and which is great. Uh, this is the, the what's interesting is that these points are just they're kind of separate from the the hands of movie method they're just you talking about the well, strokes this is just him unloading the, what's what the course has triggered in his mind right this right. is not him actually like saying oh i want to do it differently or this is how i think he's just like saying my mind just the the videos he was watching the concepts he's, he's i guess he's never really done this sort of thing before i'm assuming mm -hmm. yeah um and i remember this feeling as well like that it once you start sort of hacking into your imagination, which is what this sort of method tends to automatically do for you. Right. Your mind can just run away with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you can start imagining all sorts of crazy stuff. But it's interesting because what he did was he kind of just started going into, well, should I be using an actor here? And it's kind of like, <laughs> when I read it, I wanted to be oh, like, right. oh, you don't need to, this is just a, a video that's about some theory about strokes. Um, it's not like you need to have your H actor with your ENG set. But the fact that he's thinking that way, tells me that mm. he's getting because it, it is true like look what mnemonic visualization is all about is just finding the trigger that's going to bring something up you already know right so you already have seen rodney dangerfield you've already seen uh this dress uh the dresser in your bedroom that you might kick with your foot like these are all things that exist already somewhere in your brain the mm. key is to trigger them at the right moment and associate that trigger with the particular thing you're trying to to learn in chinese and that's what the system's all about mm -hmm. cool Great. Uh, another quick uh, movie from Chad on character number 71, Tai, uh, as in, well, it means a couple of things, but Gang uh, Tai, like just now, just happened, or um, it could also mean uh, talent, talented. Hmm. Uh, so the location is second tone kitchen of his old trailer actors, Christopher Wacken. And Christopher Wacken, yeah. Nice. <laughs> props, razor blade, hockey stick, samurai sword. So three props for this particular character. Christopher Walken is hanging out with me in the kitchen of my old trailer I, and still can't walk very well. I told him that Phil, Phil Crimmins is, uh, said that we couldn't use his walker because from Phil's perspective, that wasn't a very good idea. Huh, that's a response, that's a response to a previous uh, question he sent in. Anyway, yeah. mm. Christopher said he still needs something to help him walk, so I offered to go down to the medical supply store because the only thing I have in the kitchen is a razor blade, hockey stick, and samurai sword. He says, <laughs> Sorry, this is such a funny thing. That's all I have in my kitchen. <laughs> he says, okay. I go to start my car, but I realize I forgot my wallet and go back inside. Walking in, I see Christopher's built a forearm crutch with the razor blade, hockey stick, and samurai sword. Surprised, I asked him what he did, and he replies, I built this just now. 
and hobbles away complaining that he doesn't have his walker. So that one, yeah, I mean, just now is the definition we, or the keyword that we gave for this particular character. Mm. And like that could be, because Christopher Walken is really animated and uh, you, you know, he's an actor and a very good one at that. So I can imagine like, because just now is really difficult, isn't it? Yeah. Or at least at first glance, like, how do you communicate just now? Mm. But you, I could, you could imagine him using certain body language to indicate that meaning very clearly. So mm -hmm. I think that could work. Yeah, I think I even might have suggested, uh, it's a while since I wrote this, but I think I might have suggested in the notes for that particular mm -hmm. one that, uh, or maybe in the video, I can't remember, but the idea that you, you do something and you walk away, your angle leaves for a second, mm -hmm. and then you go back and something's changed and you're maybe like- Maybe he's like uh, out of breath. He's like, he's just done it, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah there's all sorts of stuff you could do. And, and a lot of people who are maybe a little bit inexperienced with this method, they might think, oh, how, how the heck am I gonna do that? But it's it's very simple with just a, a little bit of acting skill. That's what yeah. we call it. Yeah. In the, in if I were the, to like make a little bit of an improvement to this story, mm. um, it's the the crutch that he makes out of the razor blade, hockey stick, and samurai sword. I think would be totally. I can imagine it. You know, I can potentially, but maybe do something to get them individually a little bit more involved so yeah. like maybe um you know the yeah. top of the crutch is like the edge of the razor blade so like you imagine you are christopher walking you're like that's gonna cut my arm like, you don't mm. have to have it actually could imagine it feeling it there like like oh and then the mm. hockey sticks blow that and then maybe the um the samurai sword is like he has in his other hand to kind of like knock things out of the way and help him on that mm. you know that side really feel it tactily in your body and then that will help a little bit more to make sure that you know uh, exactly which one they are. Tact mm. and you know, tactile you response is really, it's it's underutilized, I think, a lot mm. of times with mnemonic visualization. I didn't utilize it enough, I think, when I used to do this uh, every day. It's key to actually involve yourself a little bit in these sorts of situations, like get, like get in there and pick it up and hold, or watch Christopher, or help him make it, or something <laughs> yeah, like maybe, that, you yeah, know, sure. like with duct tape and stuff. Um, so there's loads of little things you could do there. Um, another story here from Ryan Smith on character 112, Jong, as in type. Mm -hmm. uh, so my actor, my uncle, actor is my uncle Jay, and the props are an archery target. That's the Jong bullseye on a hay, uh, a bullseye on a hay bale, and a stalk of wheat. That would be yeah, the, left the left component. Side. The um, location around my desk in my office. Okay, the cool. tone somewhere. We used to have a ping pong table. All right, so that's the ONG. Yeah. yeah, cool. The keyword connection. I was having issues coming up with a way to visualize type of, understandably. Sure. So I decided to mix in type of along with a homonym of to type on a keyboard. Oh, sure. Interesting. To make sure it was obvious to me. Mm. Uncle Jay is sitting at my desk at work programming on my computer. He gets bored, so he starts typing furiously on the screen in an archery made on the screen. Until, sorry, until on the screen an archery target made of straw appears. Huh. But he programmed in the wrong type of target. So he quickly types some more until the picture on the screen changes to be a target made of wheat, readily apparent by several overly magnified individual stalks of wheat sticking out the side. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that one? It's interesting. I mean, I like the double, the doubling up of the homonym. So, like, that's the mm -hmm. idea that... Uh, you don't, you know, our brains are smart enough to know that the real definition of this is type of, like, there are many different types of uh, targets or wheat or cameras or whatever. But because there's this homonym of typing, you can get, that's more visual, that's clearer. Uh, so you can use that as your trigger and then you just make mm. the quick link. So that's perfectly fine. And so let's see, he's looking at the, so we have to get the prop involved with the target by changing it, right? So the archery target's definitely clear. Uh, and then he makes it of wheat. So I suppose that could, uh, that could work. I mean, I certainly think that, um, you know, I, I, well, also, I know that Ryan is a programmer, I think, because he, mm. he gave us some Anki code at one point. So mm. maybe this uh, really sticks out with him as well from that perspective. I don't think this scene would probably work for me, but, like, that's partially because of my experiences of not – well, I've not, never been a programmer and all yeah, that. But yeah. I can see it. You know, I can imagine it. And um, – for type yeah. of like how would you go about this uh, so we've got we've got some you know i would also use wheat and i would use an actual bullseye um mm -hmm. but for type of i would maybe and this is sort of a bit of an unusual one but we could maybe use different colors or forms of the props mm -hmm. throughout the the, the movie there. sure just off top of my head i can imagine maybe throwing throwing wheat to try and stick it into the dartboard 
yeah. which would be for me a dartboard, right? Um, and then he, he has like six different types and they're very clearly different. Like one's very ostentatious, one's very like made of wheat maybe or something like that. One's blue, one's pink and he's like different yeah. types and he's getting, he's sticking the wheat in every single one. What's funny to me is that uh, even though I'm not as much of a gamer as you are, what this reminded me of was like the different sort of weapons you could choose in a uh, game. Yeah. Um, uh, Cause like, first of all, when I think of type up, I go, well, what are the, you know, it's basically type of is kind of like Categories or, mm. or, or you know, type of almost class. anything. What right? class of character class are, you? Of char- so, are you? An elf or what are you? Or right, are you, yeah. exactly. And so you could, I just imagine like the wheat strands. I was going, I was on that same wavelength of the wheat strands, but instead, the, what they are is they're different types of wheat darts. Essentially, you've got one that's like a black razory type, and then there's another one that's more like mm. looks like a classical arrow, and like you're kind of which type of one do I want? Okay, I'll try this type. You know, throw it at the target right, or whatever. Right. That was sort of a thought I had there. Yeah. But By uh, the way, the, yeah. this is an example of where we're different from the Heisig method. So Heisig teaches this as an alternative, the uh, you know uh, of zhong, which means to plant, mm. and then so like plant a seed, which is a fairly common usage. But zhong, as in type, is way more common. Like you're going to use that all the time. And so, so he, we yeah. said, look, I get why he did to plant or seed, right? Because that way it's easier to visualize, but it's not the most common one. So we're like, no, nah, we we're confident there's enough you can do to come up with the idea of a relation to type of, mm-hmm. after, especially after doing the first 105 characters and the 300 videos or so that we use to teach the method, mm-hmm. that you'll be able to do that. And then you have the most common meaning right off the bat. So yeah, it's uh, pretty pretty important. Also, zhong is uh, often used in the same way as ge. It's often used as a measure word. So like, um, you know, if I, if I say, Right, one cell phone or uh, it's not the same as 两个手机两个手机 is just saying there are two phones but if you say 两种手机, you're saying two types of phone so mm. that's a, a kind of important distinction I, I I just wish somebody had told me that earlier because like you can just almost always replace go with zhong and it'll be correct mm. okay so another one, last last make a movie here, and then we'll move on to a bunch of pick or prop suggestions that we got this week. We'll do them like uh, rapid fire, but yeah, yeah we'll cool. just yeah we'll smash through them. So Chad wrestler on uh, character number seventy nine dn, as in either to order or I believe it's a dot in this case. That's yeah, the keyword, like dots. A or, yeah, that uh, character is pretty dynamic. Mm, very much so. So the location living room is with grandma's house. Actor is Diane, his landlord, Perfect. and props Iwo Jima. Memorial, uh, Iwo Jima Memorial, and Campfire. Okay. So that's the Jan component, like to occupy right, right. Yeah, Iwo yeah. Jima. Huh. Uh, my landlord, Diane, and I are in the living room of my grandma's house. Diane says that she wants to paint the walls because she doesn't like the plain white and suggests a gray color. <laughs> I tell her that it will not look good and that she's not allowed to paint anyway. Furious, she tells me it will look good and that she will prove it. Suddenly, she builds a campfire in the middle of the living room, grabs a miniature replica of the Iwo Jima memorial that my grandma has, and melts it down in a pot. She then takes a brush and paints a little dot on the wall and says, there, it will look fine. Hmm. Smashed it. Yeah, I like it. And, you know, I think that the beginning of this is totally uh, a chance to do overacting and facial expressions. You know, she's like... Because uh, you can imagine this whole thing happening without any actual words, like a silent movie type of thing. Like, you know, she's looking at the wall and she's like, hmm. Mm. And then Chad's like, no, you can't paint. And mm. then, like, she's like, angry. Yes, I can. You know, you don't have to have the uh, the, the actual words. You can just have the expressions ex- get across the same idea. And can you imagine the difference between, say, that and then just, you know, p- just doing the actions, just melting the Iwo Jima thing and just doing that? Like, can you imagine the difference of like how much more memorable the first version would be? Right, right. Like, compared to just do it. so it's not just about the actions; it's also about being there and living it and yeah. adding emotions and memories. Also, also for me personally, I'd probably put a lot more dots in the wall. Like as soon as he explained yeah, what the situation dot, was, dot, I was dot, imagining dot. like a totally polka dotted whole room. You know what yeah. I mean? We say that a lot, don't we? Like to really, really ram it into the ground. Like imagine you're doing it. Your because this is we it's called the movie method not just because we use actors and stuff but we we chose that name for it because it's like making a mini movie and that includes having acting in it but you want to do it like you're doing it for the cheap seats so it might like you're saying I am doing a dot in case you don't notice doing a big dot and I'm doing it a lot you know really overact and and uh, as if as if you've got a, a very um, <laughs> a very low low level audience that doesn't really get stuff right mm-hmm. you'll really show them yeah um good so 
let's just smash through these picker props. There's so many good ones here. So uh, we've got first one here, pick a prop for number character number 17, Ba, as in number eight. So pick a prop for that figure. He chose the August calendar. Ba kind of looks like an A, and August is the eighth month of the year. This is a tough one because, you know, you've got to be careful with things that are based on 2D images. So to know it's August, you might have to see, I don't know, like uh, trees with brown leaves or something. Otherwise, it's not, or the number eight or the word August. Now, we're not, we're not any good at any of those three things, really. Hmm. Uh, 3D objects is what we're number one at in terms of this. So, and it's just a calendar. It could represent month. It could represent year, right? So I would, I would say maybe that, and also August is like a, a degree of separation from eight as well. Yeah, I mean, he's saying it's eighth month of the year and they do call it Ba Yue in, in Chinese, but yeah. it's, uh, you know, there's, um, it, it's it's one of the things that could, as always, it could work, but mm. I, I wouldn't recommend this type of thing because again, you know, why isn't it June? Why isn't it, uh, mm. why isn't the whole prop calendar? Uh, some representation of a calendar. So it's kind of, it's not necessarily super clear because you always have to have empathy for your six months from now self. Yeah. Um, so, you know, but then on the other hand, you have an Anki card for it. You might just remember anyway because you wrote it in your Anki card. So, mm -hmm. uh, but overall, I would say 3D object is better. Yeah. Okay. Uh, another one by uh, No No Name on <laughs> character 12, as in uh, noon. Hmm. Um, pick a prop, of course. Uh, kind of looks like a can opener opening a can. Okay, done. Sure. Yeah, you know, yeah. That's fine then. If it looks like that to you, that is now your prop for that. You know what's interesting? One solid object though is better. Yeah. If you yeah. can. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. I, uh, I I thought when that was when I saw that comment come mm. in, I didn't see which lesson it was from. I just saw that that comment came in, and I thought it was going to be for zi, like like zi de zi, because that's a little three thing. Like I could imagine the bottom part is a can, oh, yeah. and then the yeah. top part is like a thing that's opening the can. It was interesting because uh, obviously it doesn't look like a can opener to me, but hey, if it works like mm. that's fine. If it, if you see what it looks like, the character looks like, and you think that looks like an object do it that's easy right you know mm. oh it looks like that so i'll just imagine that excellent yeah cool yeah uh chad wrestler character 78 jan oh, oh yeah that's what so you're this is what we came to. up yeah. yeah so jan you can see it in the comments there it actually means to occupy and he went with iwo jima because soldiers raise the flag to represent the base the flag represents the top portion of the character yeah. america occupied iwo jima that's what the character means until 1968 yeah Brilliant. perfect perfect that's great Excellent. Very iconic cultural trope too. I mean, I mm -hmm. think everybody's seen that that picture. Another one from Chad's character seventy five. Xia meaning down to pick a prop. I went with a car lift. It incorporates the shape of the meaning because we work below under the lifts. A car lift. I guess the ones in mechanic shops. And oh stuff. yeah, sure, sure, sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice. Ryan Smith on character number one. Oh, and also by the way, just on that car lift point. After it goes up, you've got a thing to on top with a, I'm sure, like a pole right in the center, which looks like xia to some yeah. degree. It's like I'm missing that one little part, but yeah. Anyway, yeah, sorry. so it goes, it adds, uh, covers both there, the appearance and the meaning. Mm -hmm. Ryan Smith on character 106, dai, meaning, can mean a couple of things, but stay or stupid. A little, uh, a, like, I like a little white lab mouse holding a flower as a nod to one of my favorite sci-fi stories oh flowers nice. for algernon yeah that uh makes a lot of sense i don't know if you've uh, if you ever read that book yeah but what's the what's the connection flowers for algernon to well flower sci-fi die what, what's the connection there uh well in flowers for algernon the character is goes from being very very mentally challenged to being uh, very smart and then goes back to being mentally challenged. Oh. And so like maybe because the, the character, the key word we give for this is dumb. Right, and so right, right. it's probably that. And um, let me just see if there could be another reason. I don't think so. I think that that's what it is. Right, right, cool. Cool, nice. And Chad, that is a great book, by the way. Yeah. Chad Wrestler, character 74, Shang. So we just did Xia, this one, Shang meaning above. I went with Shang Di, which was the supreme god during the Shang dynasty. Mm. Okay, excellent. Yeah, you know, that's interesting because the, um, the Xia dynasty, or was it? No, I think it was the Shang dynasty. One, one of them is mythical. <laughs> They're like, if you go back into Chinese dynasty history, mm. this is the beginning of that like timeline about 2,000 years ago or so. And one of them is real, and one of them is kind of like a myth. I'm forgetting right now which one it was. I think it was uh, the Xia was like sort of 
came before and they made, they built their society on the idea of how this story of what the dynasty was like. And that's why it's a huge influence on Confucianism and right. uh, all of that. So that's kind of an interesting connection there. It seems like, you know, Chad really knows a lot about Chinese history and, and all of that stuff. Another one from Chad here, character 73. It's sort of related to divination. Uh, I went with a magical guandao, something that might be used by a Shaolin monk in a wuxia movie. Excellent. All right, nice. Another one from Chad here, character 72, ya, meaning tooth. Pick a prop, the teeth on the shark from the movie Jaws. So I yeah. guess you've got the actual set of teeth there. I just saw the movie, um, uh, the, the, it was about the USS Indianapolis you know that uh, mm -hmm. story? You know, like then these all these guys after the the boat was sunk were just in the water, and there were just all these sharks around. And it was so it's like you know that type of thing. Jaws is iconic, but shark shark teeth. I mean, way better than just a tooth. I think you know if you can imagine a shark swimming around in the air somehow. Yeah, and then we've got Sydney Green on character two ten. Xiong, pick a prop. I have chosen a pair of fixed binoculars on a stand as a prop for this one. I see it. Yeah, if you imagine that you're looking at the profile of oh, it. Oh yeah. And like the and the right side of it yeah. is like where you're looking through. Yeah, yeah, sure. Totally. Nice. Yeah, that's a good one. And also, by the way, that character can mean like can or able to, so it's like, you know, now you can see once you're looking through the binoculars. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Okay, so we got, then we're going to now we're going to move on to the casting calls and we'll start off with a post from no no name on character number 69 full so casting call just for those who don't know it's a way we choose we encourage you to choose someone from your life or someone that you know or a, a character that you know to represent one of the initials of the pinion for the characters we're going to be covering there's 55 in total and they're broken up into four different categories male female fictional and gods or world leaders so this person says um it seemed to me that it was the most important to have the actor's name closely follow the sound to either the front or the end of the name. So I just went with Foodie as the actor and have a picture of a random but stereotypical-looking stereotypical foodie in brackets, hipster. Thoughts? Well, uh, I would say it's best to choose someone specific, someone that you know personally or that you know a lot about, say a celebrity or maybe a character that you like from a film or a cartoon or whatever it is. Uh, the reason being, well, there's a couple of reasons. Number one is that you, having some sort of emotional connection to someone will inherently make them more memorable. Yeah. And the second, possibly most important one, we mentioned this in a lot of the videos that we do, the cast and call videos. Um, we mentioned that if the, the better you know a character or a person, or at least the more you know about them, the easier you can predict how they would act in certain situations. And that makes it so much easier to write these movies i've got to stop doing these air quotes to write write the movie scenes that mm. we ask you to do for these characters if it's just a foodie like you know it's 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 a general thing first of all you might not really you, the, the way they look might change from mm -hmm. from scene mm -hmm. to scene and nah yeah you basically. have to you have to kind of um well here's here's what i said in the response i said look just just take it another step which is that you've got the idea of a relationship to a hipster from foodie foodie sounds like fool so we just keep doing the linking method one more step which is okay you've got a hipster there are hipstery characters in shaggy, fiction. Uh, sh shaggy? What's sure, it? Shaggy from uh, Scooby-Doo Scooby could work. Uh, that would be, a, and that just came to your mind because you thought of who's like sort of a hipstery kind of. I was, he's yeah. He's always, wanting, he's always wanting food anyway, as yeah, far yeah. as I can remember. Yeah. So yeah. Like, like, and, yeah, take uh, it out a step further. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like just think, take it one step further, and think of somebody specific. Once you think of somebody specific, then it'll work. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, everything else that Luke said is like, is right because you know a made-up person in your mind isn't nearly as dynamic as a real person so or a real character that you can imagine their uh, personality all right cool same guy from uh, for character number 10 for ru as in to enter so that's ru so that's another fictional actor we'd ask him to make and he's chosen rudy from the movie which is based on the real person but he's fictional well, me. I mean, it, the yeah. movie was Sean Astin playing Rudy, and so he's probably imagining Sean Astin as... Yeah, it's fine. It's that fine. works completely. Yeah, yeah, per perfect. Chad on character 73, Bull again, so but for the choosing the person for BU, the fictional actor for that. Black Mask, Jet Li's character in the movie Black Mask. I saw that. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a very, very good film. It's one of my Great. favorite Kung awesome. Fu films. And uh, Chad also put in uh, character 69, Full as well. The, the, 
the character that we talked about earlier, but for the FU, that'd be Feng Yu Sao. We've already covered yeah. that. I wish that I knew any of these Kung Fu movies, but <laughs> haven't seen any of them. Get on it, mate. Uh, another one from Chad here, 68 Guo. So that'd be G U. It's another fictional actor, a gremlin. Oh, well, gremlin from the 1984 movie so I guess he means the ma I'm assuming he means the main little cute one but who knows sure one of those sure, look very iconic character any gremlin would really work to be honest uh, for that so no no name again on character 84 mu meaning uh -huh. eyeball so this is for mu another fictional I was going to go with mutant ninja turtles but he went with Mufasa in the end from Lion King yeah, sure. It's a great choice. I mean, for me, I would have gone with the Mutant Ninja Turtles, but, like, you know, that's still... Uh, by the way, if you wanted to do Mutant Ninja Turtles and have it be all four of them, that's fine. Like, you could totally do that, and that would be kind of fun. Oh, yeah. You can have yeah. more personalities in your scene every time. I remember actually responding to this next one myself, Gary Busey, because I've, <laughs> I've just seen uh, Lethal Weapon again for about the millionth time recently, and, uh, yeah. I that think, guy is memorable to say the least. Oh yeah, I think Gary Busey. Um, I think I was reading about this, uh, so I'm I'm not sure if I'm getting this correct. But I, uh, Gary Busey, I think, has the uh, uh, title of being the actor who has been killed most in movies. Everything's well, just Sean, Sean Bean, Bean right? but Sean Bean's pretty famous for because he's died in so many iconic movies. But I'm pretty sure the the article I read was like, it's actually not Sean Bean. It's Gary Busey, and it had a list of just all the movies he's been killed in. <laughs> Yeah, he's a pretty iconic guy. Oh, he wasn't even killed in Lethal Weapon. Okay. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Right. Okay, we'll finish with a comment from Reddit from Luke Taylor, who is one of our most uh, sort of impressive students on the course. He's uh, actually almost finished with the whole thing, which is uh, awesome because that means that it's been less than uh, three months because he started in January. So mm. let's see here. He says, as someone who has just about completed the Mandarin Blueprint course in its current form, I thought I'd offer my thoughts for anyone on the fence. I started the course as a complete beginner, knowing next to nothing about the language other than ni hao and xie xie. After slightly more than three months, I can confidently say I know more than 600 characters in 1,000 words, not just how to read and speak, but how to write with the correct stroke order. The usage of memory palace is obviously not new and has been used in language learning in the past, but it's never been presented in such a linear manner which makes the learning process seem a lot more manageable and less like an insurmountable mountain to climb. I've seen many people say using techniques like memory palaces just adds yet another step to learning and acquiring a new character or word, but this just isn't the case in my experience. After reviewing three to four times in Anki, I no longer need to refer back to the visualization. I can read and write a character as if it, it's a word in my native language. Moving forward, I'm continuing to learn the most frequent characters at an average rate of 10 to 15 characters a day using this method. I'm currently living with Chinese friends as a student in the UK, which is not only a benefit for my speaking and listening, but also a means of measuring my progress. I'm still far from understanding everything in a native conversation, but every day I recognize a new word I've just learned, adding to my motivation to learn even further. I'd like to thank Phil and Luke for providing such a groundbreaking course I would fully recommend anyone still on the fence to check it out the first free trial and get a feel for the program before committing. And of course, checking out the now free pronunciation course as well. Uh, okay, so <laughs> that's awesome. And so there's a few things I want to comment on with this. So the first thing that he said was, you know, making the point that, of course, memory palaces aren't new. They're like the oldest thing that we teach. have been around since the ancient Greeks, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, like, sometimes, you know, people are making a few comments and read it like, if you want to learn language, it's simple. You just want to learn it and commit to it. And I'm like, well, okay, it's a little bit more complicated than that. That's true, but it's, like, very simplistic. Because what we realize is the problem is not that there aren't good techniques, that they're not systemized enough. So I was really happy to hear him say that it was exactly the linear you know, step-by-step -step way yeah. of going through the curriculum. That's the other thing, too, is that most online Chinese learning resources aren't curriculums. They're just sort of like, here's a bunch of stuff. You know, there are some, but, like, it's you know, this is the most systemized mnemonic visualization one for characters that also goes out into words and grammar. Uh, and, yeah, so did you have any comments you wanted to say? Well, I, I just that I know that Luke's going to do really well because mm -hmm. he's got the right attitude. I'm not just saying because he likes us. But you can tell that he's got an inquisitive mind and he's just willing to try stuff. Yeah. And he's a clearly a very diligent 
person and he's going to be fluent in Chinese in very short time, much faster than we did. <laughs> and I also think that that is a skill that you can develop. I'm not naturally much like that. Like I'm, I have a, an interest in, um, I'm sort of like intellectually curious, but I tend to be, you know, I, it's something I've had to kind of encourage in myself when it comes to language acquisition is sort of the, okay, let's just be curious about this, not judge myself, not mm. like, you know, have negative self-talk about it, which is, you know, it, it's, that's always still there a little bit, but I kind of have a counter to it now that I've developed it over the years. And, uh, you know, there was another thing that he said here that's kind of a practical thing, which is we get a question that comes in a lot where people are like, am I going to have to remember these visualizations forever? It seems like a lot to keep in my mind. And I get that concern, although mm – -hmm. As Luke says, when, once you actually start to do it, you'll realize that, A, you didn't need to be concerned about that in the first place. But, B, no, you don't have to remember them because the what it is is it's a thing that bridges the gap. It's a technique that bridges the gap between I don't know anything about Chinese to I have now seen this character or word in context so many times that it's like a word that I know in my native language, which is exactly what he said. And that's – it's – if you forget it in that interim period, like you you do, you learn a character in a rote memorization way, but you don't get a chance to see it in context enough, mm. then you just lose it, and then you have to start over again. So the idea is that this Anki combined with great visualization techniques bridges that gap. So it's like, okay, you don't know enough yet to be able to see it in enough context, so what's the best way to remember it for the longest time? Well, spaced repetition software combined with incredible mnemonic visualization techniques in a systemized and linear manner. And then eventually, of course, we also provide lots of context, lots of paragraphs, lots of stories, so that you do get to that point where it's like, got it, in my memory, done. Yeah. And so that's great. I'm so happy that that's how it's going. You know, it's like, you just, we still always wonder. Like, you know, because, lo you know, this is all based off of how we learned Chinese, what we thought were instinctually the things that are missing from it and this entire course is us just trying to fill in the gaps of what is missing you know mm. and it's based on purely on our you know we're entrepreneurs we're taking risks and we're we're think instinctually this needs to be out there there's this this is not out there or this is out there but it's nowhere near as as good as it could be this manual blueprint method and pronunciation mastery is, a, is an improvement on what's out there. Yeah, so, yeah. And I mean, I, well, I, I, it's, I, no, it's so nice to see that our instincts are clearly right, at least for. Yeah, <laughs> there's least, de there's definitely instinct. I want I don't want to make it sound like we just like are guessing. We we base this off of like no, it's, okay, it's, it's estimating based on what we're on our vast you know experience. Well, it's like something. Research. One of the main things that happened was we we when we read Sergey Gordish's Country of the Blind uh, uh, article that basically said here's how you could take the Heisig method, which we already had some issues with, but you know, here's how you take the Heisig method that already exists and apply an extra mnemonic thing on top of it, and then we did it for 1,500 characters, which is like. If you do it for 1,500 characters and you remember the characters, it's like, okay, it works, right? And other people you know, online were saying, yes, this is working for me. But then we were like, but Sergey just has a, um, a method on his page that is not a good order because the Heisig order is no good. Not, not no good. It just needs improvement. And so we were like, all right, we know that this method that Sergey uses works and is not just us. There's other people saying it works. We know that the Heisig method has frequency problems, which is subjective. Like there's frequency problems of this character is introduced way too late. This character is introduced way too early. You know, it's like there's yeah. – and that, again, that's not just our instinct. So I, I don't I, – you know, I agree with you that we did have a lot of instinctual things. I just don't want people to think we were just like, well, I just feel this way. And then no, no. <laughs> so, I mean, of course, yeah, based yeah. on all that years of research and hard work and, and mm -hmm. experiencing pretty much every – product that's out there trying to get good at Chinese yeah. and there's like, just there's always that feeling of like well we think we have many reasons why we think this will work but when you see something like that from Luke it's like oh, so good oh man yeah I'm yeah. relieved I'm relieved yeah. in a way you know it's great <laughs> so keeps us going guys that keeps us uh we just want to keep keep pushing on with it oh yeah and why don't we just uh, end with this so we've been sometimes you know reading posting on reddit and posting on Chinese forums there's this thread that sometimes happens and it's not everybody most people don't uh, think like this but they kind of seem to expect us to put out everything for free and uh, yeah you know we have our pronunciation course for free we have a 10-day free trial and we're going to soon turn that into the first um like 50 videos mm. of the course or a free trial 
But the point is, like, we do, and we have a free ebook, and we have free podcast, free blog, free you know, a bunch of stuff. But we have this one thing that's a subscription service, and people are kind of seem like resentful that we would ever want to charge money. And I just, you know, there's I just want to say, yeah, there's we, one gentleman that said, "Oh, I understand it's not free now, whilst you're, you know, trying to get off the ground, but it'll be free later, right?" And it's like, no, it won't. We <laughs> we put sixty hours a week each into this. For, we work full yeah. time on this, guys. Yeah, for three three years at three least. Three years, and we've got nothing. Over three years, we've, we've got very little back from it, and we're just starting to, you know, get get some long term paying clients, and you know, I, I don't even know where to start with some of this sort of way of thinking. I don't well, really look, know it just to... comes down to this: the simple way to explain it. If we didn't charge any money, it's it's over. Like it's that, that we can't do it anymore. So like it's just a we're two guys running this operation. We want it to work. We and we care about this greatly. We want to be able to do this. Have people having the response like Luke uh, had uh, to doing the whole course, and then even uh, extend it out to the AJSK six level, mm. so that you could use the Mandarin Blueprint method along with you know other cooperating companies we're working with to learn Mandarin online for a fraction of the price of what it costs and for a, university and a fraction of the time and, and a fraction of the time yeah. and all of that. Um, but it's not going to extend out to that point if we can't at least get you know out of fifteen bucks a month for people who are on it or whatever. You know that's a, that's the price of the course. It's very reasonable. You know, and so you know. Anyway, look. We get it that in the internet culture, sometimes people just expect everything to be free, and that's why we give a lot of stuff away for free. And you know, if for those of the people who think that, do the pronunciation mastery course. That's free, and I, I've I've never met anybody who didn't find at least some benefit from that course. And for beginners, they're going to find a huge amount of benefit from that course. So, mm. um, just just a comment about that, and you know, thank you for all of your support. We really do appreciate it, and we're going to try to keep this, you know, startup going and uh, get you guys some more uh, great material. It's a, it's a fun process. It's it's so much to think about sometimes, but uh, I do I do love it. And we're making progress on that every single day. So, you know, because we've got people like Luke who are just smashing through it. And we're like, oh, God, this is, we need to make sure that we have the content there for people like our best clients. Yeah. Not best, but, you know what I mean, our, our clients who are absolutely smashing people are through the course. most committed, you could say. Yeah. You could say that. And... You know, we want to make sure that the, we expand the content as well as continuing to promote the course in its current form to new people as well. So yeah, thanks yeah. for your support, guys. We are working our butts off more than ever now Yeah, because we have this sort of motivation to keep us going. So. 100%. So, uh, you know, normal sort of requests at the end. You know, if, if you're watching this on YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're in the podcast, you know, leaving us a review on Stitcher or iTunes can help other people get access to this podcast when they're searching, you know, Chinese podcast. And uh uh, there's the the course itself. The links are in the show notes, always at the beginning. So the pronunciation mastery is free, and you can check out the the free trials. So uh, we'd love to see you. We'd love to hear from you. Support at mandarinblueprint.com. And uh, if you have any questions you'd like to talk about on the podcast, oh, and also, still nobody has submitted a video yet for the challenge that we're putting out to people, which is when you get to the phase four or five of the course, and we have the paragraphs with the native audio, and we're, so the the challenge is this. Follow the shadowing instructions that we give in phase four and five, and then pick a paragraph that you feel like you've mastered, you've shadowed it many times, and then after you feel like, okay, I can read this out loud properly, take a video with your iPhone or your, your, your uh, smartphone and just send it into us of you reading out loud the text. You don't have to do it while shadowing. You can just read out loud the text. And uh, we'll critique it on the podcast. So we'd love to get that uh, going. And also really anything that you want critiqued in terms of pronunciation, you can send that in, if you, even if it's just a sentence or something like mm -hmm. that. So uh, that's all for this week. So thanks so much, guys. Thanks very much.